0: Hey, Kyle, would you ever take a bullet for a woman?
1: No. What? No. <laughs> That's
2: Iggy Pop!
0: Amen! Let her write! I'm a fucking idiot. Red meat, we crave sustenance. I'm an artist. Hello, my name is Jimmy. Let's uh-huh. you have some fun. Fun, fun. Tommy. That's uh, a tape tank. Whoever she is, I'm going to find her and I'm going to hurt her.
1: I've spent the past three years learning Finnish! <laughs> I'm always home, I'm cool. This is a process of dehumanization. Shut! 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 Shut Shut up!
0: Hi there, folks, and welcome to this week's edition of the P.S. I Love Hoffman podcast, our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great Philip Sumer Hoffman. I'm Brian Rodriguez.
1: And I'm Kyle Reinfried.
0: We're always home, we're always on and we're always ready to talk great movies. Today's a very special day on the podcast, isn't it, Kyle? Indeed it is. We have our first guest! And ladies and gentlemen, it's none other than the godfather himself, Joey Lewandowski. Joey, what's up, man?
1: Hi. Hi, hi, hi. Woo! Oh, man, we're so excited to and have we're so stoked you here. to have you on. First guest, welcome. I mean, I want to say that every day here is a
2: very special day, but it's also a very special day because I did not see the weirdo Russian movie Joey Breaker, <laughs> but of the five Hoffman <laughs> movies that I've seen so far that you've done... This is far and away my wow. favorite. Like, this is so... I love, love, love this movie. Yeah. I never saw it before. <laughs> I heard... Got such good things about. And when you guys want to do this podcast, I was like, you can do it. I just want... I have two requests. I want to be on this one, and I want to be on one episode way down the line that I won't spoil yet. But I just heard such good things about this, and it did not disappoint. Oh, oh so this. wait.
1: You chose this. Okay, people. He had Car blanche. I did. Yeah,
0: you could have... We, gave, I mean, we let you choose anything,
1: obviously. But... And you chose that without having seen the film? I'm pretty
2: sure when he died, I read like an article like five roles that you didn't know that he did that you want to see him in or something like that. And this was on there. Uh, huh. There were other okay. ones that were more recent. I think like you know like God's Pocket might have been on there. Mm. Stuff that wasn't super mainstream because people have seen him in you know the Paul Thomas Anderson movies. You guys have talked about that a lot. People have seen him in the Hunger Games movies. Uh, people people know him from things, but there's you know these smaller roles that either early in his career or later in his career that just sort of movies that fly under the radar. I think it was a list of those, and so I just had on my list for, like, years, I guess since he died, my boyfriend's back, and the reason that I added to my list, my, my little note was for Philip Seymour Hoffman, so... Yeah, yeah, that's I, great.
0: I mean, we were we were going to ask you that, because I was super curious if you'd seen it or not. Uh, by the way, if, for those of you who don't know, Joey uh, is the founder or co-founder of The Cage Club.
1: Yeah, tell us a little bit of that. Give it to... to Yeah, give it the straight up to our uh, audience, Joey.
2: So years ago, I hated Nicolas Cage, and then I had a friend (laughs) when I worked at Best Buy. He loved Nicolas Cage, and he sort of converted me to the church of Cage. And so he and I were trying to buy all the movies, and I had like 20, and at that point he had like 75 movies or something like that. And then one day, Best Buy had, you know, this was years after I worked there, but Best Buy.com had a one-day sale. It was Nicolas Cage movies on Blu-ray and DVD. I think I remember so that day. Wow! I spent like a hundred dollars and I got like twelve new movies. Damn! And I was like, well, I guess I'm gonna go buy them all now. <laughs> and I posted on Facebook like, "Hey, I'm you know I just spent this. Like I just posted a screenshot. It was like you know twelve random movies. They're all like six or seven or eight bucks. And Mike Manzi was like, you know I might do this too. And then we were like, well if we're both gonna buy it, like why don't we do something with it? and then it just became a podcast pretty quickly and then you know within a month he and i both owned close to 100% of all of his movies and wow. then you know a couple months later we started recording we did it's just it's still stupid we did three a week for 6 months wow uh, i was i figured it out cuz i was editing them all that's between crazy. writing reviews watching the movies um, recording the podcast editing the podcast doing screenshots you know posting to the website and everything i was spending about 25 hours a week that's crazy while working a full-time job <laughs> yeah you yeah. know for 20 people an episode i mean the numbers and you were living little in little austin at the time right i was living in austin we were doing everything over skype yeah it's crazy uh, we've, we've since improved our recording capabilities okay
0: well you uh, you clearly been an inspiration to us here
1: yeah so yeah. Ma- so mike Manzi is the glue although we both went to the same college we did not know one another i knew mike Manzi.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't even know if I don't know because I didn't know him at college either. I met him after the That's fact. That's crazy. Yeah, there's a there's a couple people that like also Chris Mattiello, yeah. who is the host of the Now and Again podcast on okay. our network, also went to our college, and I didn't know him there. It's just it's weird how you meet people after the fact that you would have gotten along really well with, you know, at <laughs> college, and now here we are all united by you know these film and nostalgia podcasts. All right, about Cage or Philip Seymour Hoffman or that now that's what I call music
1: yeah so so two two questions for you what is your favorite Cage film and which of your podcasts do you which which episode do you like the most and you think is like the most fun you had
2: so my Cage my favorite Cage film is Wild at Heart okay
1: that's a good one
2: very good it's Street. Maybe my favorite movie of all time. Wow. I think right now, it's, it's number two. It's the main, It's ma- the Matrix is number one, which is a main reason why we chose Keanu and why we're doing Keanu. Mike and I are in the tail end of his career. It's right now. It's a temple
1: blockbuster. It changed the way of blockbuster. Film sure right did.
2: Um, we've done. We've Mike and I did. You know, we did like eighty four Cage so far. We've done close to sixty Keanu. We did thirty. We did all of Shia's movies. Shia LaBeouf movies. That's right. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've had some really, really fun episodes, uh, on Shia, my favorite one was Monkey Business, which is one of his first films, (laughs) it's this 90 minute long, straight to DVD, uh, it's, you know, like, there's like, there's lots of bad movie podcasts out there, this is a movie that like, deserves to be on those, because it's so bad, (laughs) so wonderfully bad, and just like... It just, not, none of the decisions make sense, and it's just, it's a joy to watch. So, Mike and I, you know, all these Shia movies, especially as we got to the end where he's a younger kid, sort of here, like you guys see, like, Philip Sr. Hoffman on screen for a minute. Yeah. Right? And you're like, okay, so we're going to talk about the movie for 45 minutes or an hour. By that point, you know, we had recorded so many that were just like, well, he's, you know, he's either barely on screen or it's a terrible kids movie or whatever. We're not going to talk about it. But here we talked about monkey business literally for two hours. Wow. really? Joyful, <laughs> wonderful, weird train wreck of a movie. That's kind of cool. So that's really good. a lot of fun.
1: I'll have to check out that episode. So, oh, um, we you know we've been saying it a lot on the podcast. We can't wait till we get to his media roles. He's he's definitely someone that paid his dues. Yeah, Hoffman. Yeah, and yes, Hoffman. And so. What is your earliest memory? Well, like, what do you think is the first film you saw with him in it? And then what would you say is your favorite film? Yeah, Super like Hoffman
0: when did you film? become conscious of Philip yeah. I saw
2: The first one of his I saw was Twister, but I didn't yep. know... I think that's a lot of people. Yeah, But I didn't know who he was. I don't even remember. Like, I don't remember Twister, because I was like eight when Twister came out. Okay. And I remember my dad loves it. So we I saw it probably a bunch, but I don't remember anything. I also confused that movie with Contact. You know, <laughs> they're about two very different okay. things. Um, I just confuse those two. I think just because like both DVD covers are probably blue, and they're both movies that my dad loves, and just were sort of always on.
1: That's funny. Uh, That's funny because a lot of people confuse Helen Hunt and Jodie Foster. Oh, I can see that.
2: Yeah. Also, also that. I also couldn't really tell you. I guess yeah. I, you know, even if you like, if, if you're like, I'll give you a thousand dollars if you get it right, or I'll kill you if you're wrong. Like I wouldn't play that game. I don't know who's in what movie. Like I just I can't <laughs> separate those two movies in my head. I think wow. the first time I remember being aware of him. Was in
1: Happiness. Wow. Okay. It's
2: great. Because
1: creepy film, weird film. I was
2: like, "What is this?" And like, <laughs> and like, I didn't, I didn't. That wasn't a role that made me want to see more of him. In fact, it probably made me want to see less. Whoa! <laughs> because you so, see a lot of them in the film. It's Very so true. gross. Can't wait yeah. to talk about and that one. You guys long. will get to that before too long. But <laughs> so I remember, that's that's an early one. I was just like, "Oh
1: wow!" Like yeah. I don't. Ooh. Okay. So fa- favorite Philip Seymour Hoffman role.
2: Favorite role. I don't know. I mean, I think the same, I think you're gonna get the same answer from everything. I think it's either okay. people are gonna say if uh, Paul Thomas Anderson movie or Synecdoche New York. I think. Okay.
0: That's fair. We have gotten yeah. a lot of that just from polling. I think uh, just
2: because people. I think those are like those are the ones that everybody's seen. Those are some of his best movies. I sure. think you know, indisputably best movies. Um, but I mean, like like you guys have been saying. Even in movies where I don't really love the movie, he's always very, very good at them.
0: Yeah, and I feel like we're not just saying that. Like, it's something we truly, objectively believe. And we're fans, but anytime we watch him in something, we have yet to see, like, a role of his where we're like, ah, he just mailed it in here, or something like that.
2: Well, that's what reminds me, I mean, it's, it's a completely different thing, but, like, Mike and I keep talking about how every movie that Nicholas Cage is in, even his recent ones that have mostly, for the most, you know, for the most part, have not been as good as the stuff he did early in his career. He's always the best part in these movies. Oh yeah, he Whereas, gives it his
1: all. Yeah,
0: that's story. very fair. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: but Keanu, you know, I was really excited to do Keanu, and then, you know, for a different, a couple of different reasons, we've both sort of been a little bit burnt out by this because, like, he's just not very good in certain, in, like, a lot of movies. And it's a different thing because we see Cage in no matter what he does, even when the movie's bad, you're like, okay, I'm going I'm to see something here that I maybe have never seen before. Or I'm going to see something that like he's really trying here even though the rest of the people in this film are sort of walking through it. Keanu, just like, sometimes like just things don't
1: click. Yeah, he's got that laid-backness to him. I maybe guess, that's right? it. <laughs> <laughs> but how about we... Do we want to... Yeah.
0: Uh, so, Kyle, just for the audience, tell us what this beautiful film my boyfriend's back is about
1: all right everyone i hope you enjoy my summary my boyfriend's back is the 1993 camptastic film about a high school boy named johnny who yearns for the love of his childhood crush missy McCloud. oh man that's that's such a great name and enlisting the help of his friend eddie he plans a heroic ruse that goes awry and he is shot dead only to come back and have to adjust to high school life as a zombie See what I did there?
0: Yeah, that was good. <laughs> so, uh, by the way, I, I know you love this movie, Joey. It's This is his lowest rated movie, according to Rotten Tomatoes. Four, is it really? 14%. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Really? Yeah. And we've seen some worse ones, so I don't understand that. <laughs> yeah. I
2: think... I think I mean comedy is so subjective but like there was literally not anything in this movie that like struck a bad note for me. I guess it's it's really like if you're in you're going to be all in but if you don't buy in I can feel I can see this being a really annoying movie. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah see so that's kind of what happened to me but I did I did buy in finally. It's like I got it. It's very it, it just struck me as I mean I I love the beginning. But just the whole quick acceptance by his parents, like, that really threw... I didn't think it was going to go that direction, because, I, I mean, neither of us had seen it either, correct?
0: Yeah, I hadn't seen it.
1: So... I mean, yeah.
0: that comic book start, I did like that. Like, it, it reminded me of another classic, I guess a little bit before, you know, one of my favorite films, Better Off Dead. And, and I wasn't sure if, like, this, how the zombie angle was going to go, so I'm like, oh, is this going to be, like, a dark comedy like that? But it, was, it ended up being more camp- Still. Still, still, I like those elements there.
1: Tell us more, Joey. What was your initial thoughts of the film, just like right from the get-go? So the comic book opening was cool. I didn't like the voiceover. No, no, no. no, I agree with that. it, It set
2: it up because I was just like, oh, it's kind of like, you know, a comic book. And so when it came back, I was like, I you know, I'm still not crazy about it, but I was able to, like, it was there for a reason. And maybe the comic book intro was there to sort of give, like, give a reason for why the voiceover had to be there or why it should be there, which it's still not great, but, like, it's okay, but I, I don't know what it was, it just, you know, I, I was so quick to accept their acceptance and just, like, oh, he's just back because it's, like, I, I don't know, I was just on board and everybody was just so, it's it's such, a, I don't even know, like, you can't, it's hard to describe how casual everyone is. They're just like, oh, he's a zombie. He's back. Like, of course, he needs to eat people. Like, that's just like, what, it's just a thing. Yeah. It, 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 I just love it. That's definitely
1: <laughs> so. I mean, definitely false. I mean, it's totally a, like a parody or, I mean, satire on high school life. Every from his hunger, obviously, sexual lust, from decaying being like the realm of acne and then people ousting him not being cool and stuff like that I mean it all falls into that but they just go very it's not it's not just a metaphor in the film they just pretty much without saying it that's what it is you know You know. does that make sense what I'm saying
0: yeah definitely like uh, they sell this pretty fast there's no ambiguity with just you know in terms of like the rules of this world or something there's no it's not like sci-fi like deep sci-fi it just sort of exists and like you said, Joe, if you buy in right away, you're not going to have a problem with that. If you're trying to figure out what's going on, and if you're overanalyzing this one, you're not going to enjoy it.
2: And I also loved it from the beginning because our, our guy, the reason we're here, Philip Seymour Hoffman, is sort of this lackey to, you know, basically the quarterback of the football team oh, in his first yeah. film. And he's the star of my favorite TV show of all time. We got Matthew Fox,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, Jack from Lost. And, I, and like, he looks the same. Like, he looks, he looks it's,
1: exactly it's, the same. It's crazy. Um. Yeah. I. I know. I really did love. I'm very curious if Philip Seymour Hoffman said something to. So the director is Bob. Can someone help me pronounce his last name? Bal, Bob Balaban. Bob Balaban. Yeah. I just. I always. It's like a tongue twister sometimes. <laughs> you want to like add something to it? So many Bs. <laughs> um. Yeah. So he's obviously. I mean, if you saw his face, you'd recognize him, people, and. I'm very curious if he said to Philip Schumer Hoffman or Philip Schumer Hoffman said to him, like, how over the top can I go with this? Because he has a Looney Tune goon vibe to him, or just even an exaggeration of a high school goon. Like, the not just a backwards baseball cap, but it's, like, turned up, you know, flipped up in a <laughs> weird way, and he's got that slack jaw, just like, yeah, boss, you know, like, just total drone and I love it. I loved everything. But I think
2: about if, it. it fits perfectly into the movie, and it also fits perfectly into the world where his name is Chuck, his dad is Big Chuck, and his <laughs> younger brother is Little Chuck. Oh, I love that! Like, yeah, it's all a cartoon. None, none of it's supposed to be taken literally, I guess. And I was, you know, I was kind of disappointed. I was. I'm sort of jumping ahead here, but after Johnny comes back from the dead as a zombie, and Chuck, Philip Seymour Hoffman goes to kill him, and then accidentally axes himself in the head and kills himself. <laughs> I was really expecting him to come back.
1: Yeah, you know, that would have. Been I thought perfect. that we're gonna have like
2: a couple zombies, and it's gonna you know multiply. D- yeah. It did seem like it was going seen, that way, and right, I would have loved to have seen that character as a zombie. Yeah, like and it even would have been great if they died and stupid.
1: Yeah, that or like they, or if it went in a different way, and they. Bonded somehow, and it showed like an acceptance wow. of the uh, <laughs> jock nerd. No, and not that I mean, you could create the universe of this film.
0: Kyle. <laughs> no, 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 I definitely, I definitely saw like his, he's zombie-like in real life. You know, he's he's brain dead, and he just follows uh, Matthew Fox's character around. So I would have loved to see him come back as a zombie.
1: I, I, I you know, I looked up obviously director, writer. I see some similarities as far as the satire to Arrested Development, and that's the, so that's the same writer. His name is uh, Dean uh, Laurie.
0: Oh, he became a writer for Arrested Development? Yeah. Well, he also cool. wrote
1: Major Pain, <laughs> a pretty good 90s comedy. Saw
0: that in the theater.
1: <laughs> really? That's awesome. Yeah, birthday but, party. Uh, but Arrested Development, one of your favorite shows, right? Yeah. And uh, I, yeah, I definitely I see some similar... Just the comment on suburbia and just, you know, like the f- family unit and stuff like that, because definitely Johnny's parents, again, their acceptance right away. And what's that, what's that actor's name? He's, he was the father on, oh, the grandfather on... Edward Gil- Herman. Gil- 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 Gilmore Girls. I love
0: Edward Herman. every and peace. Every time I see him, I just get super excited. Like, he used to do, like, the Dodge commercials. I'm pretty sure he played FDR once. Like, he's super cool. And, like, he definitely has, like, that, oh, I think he's the dad in Richie Rich as well.
1: Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and is uh, he the dad in Wolf of Wall Street, too? Or No, no,
1: that's um, Rob Reiner.
2: Oh, right. Who is he in? He said he's in Wolf of Wall Street. I'm looking at his IMDB right now. Who's he playing in that? Do you he's in
0: Wolf of Wall Street because he just he died recently, so it must have been like one of no, the but last. Wolf
1: of Wall Street's already three years ago.
0: So he died within the last, last three year. years, then, yeah.
1: Yeah, he just died like last year.
0: Okay. Who is he in Wolf of Wall Street?
1: I don't know. I'm
2: gonna look it up. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that I gotta see.
2: What I also liked about the parents is that they both seem like, both the, the dad and the mom seem like they could have been played by Bob Balaban in, a, like, other one of his movies. Like, I feel like they're just like, act like me. Yeah. Like, All right, we got
1: it. That's super fair, yeah. So Bob Bal- Balaban took on, like, the Woody Allen theory. Just, you know, play someone exactly like me. <laughs> Oh,
2: he was the voice of Stratton Oakmont in that opening commercial that starts the movie where the lion's walking through the office. Okay, yeah,
0: yeah. I guess that makes sense. He's in it, but he's not in it. Yeah, okay, now that makes more sense. I mean, he's got a great voice.
1: Missy McLeod, thoughts? Would you... She's very pretty.
2: Yes, she is. Why wasn't she in everything?
1: (laughs) Would you create the ruse of getting her convenience store robbed and being the hero to get her attention? Would
0: I? Um, yeah. Either of you? She's very pretty. I don't know if I would go to those lengths.
1: Yeah, you're already screwed up as a little kid not giving her a gift.
0: I actually like that part. Like, tugged at my heartstrings because I feel like I'd been there. Like, I like should have asked this girl out and I didn't. And that's kind of like all the movies I wrote in high school. So this is this remind and this is not a negative thing, but this is reminds me of a movie like I would have loved to write or make in high school. Yeah, Does no, That makes sense. It,
1: well, it really. That's I think it's a compliment to it because it just really runs true of how much it just strikes to the core of that like like there's not many high school films out there that i'm like wow that reminded me of high school like even like Superbed was one of the few that at least like the actors seemed to be of the proper age
0: but wasn't uh jonah hill not
1: no he wasn't <laughs> he was only a year younger than seth rogan and they told him he was too old to play yeah well. that's, that's right um but even
2: but in this movie, Andrew Lowry plays Johnny, and he's I think 23. He looks like he's 30.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, the looks of the kids, yes, but the tone, like what they sure. go through. Okay. I was he's gonna
0: crazy. say I looked, I looked that up
2: too. I'm like, is
1: this guy 30? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> he but, looks
2: like I want to I would sort of. I mean, I never really want to see remakes. I think this could be a really good one for a remake. But the only guy he looks so much like Rob Hubel that I kind of want to see a remake with Rob Hubel, except Rob Hubel's now, like, 40. So that wouldn't work to play him as a high schooler. But this guy just looks like an, an early 90s Rob Hubel, and I was just like, oh, like I could see him in this role.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: I can't believe that we're burying the lead, that there's another massive actor in this film on screen for three seconds.
1: Yes, another... It was his debut as well, right? That's yeah, according, that's to, according film, to IMDb, yeah.
2: It is. It happens so quickly that I was like, that couldn't have been...
1: Yeah, I thought. I thought. Well, that was the whole thing. Like, I, I, I had read that before, and so, li- ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Matthew McConaughey.
0: Yeah, a lot of people would probably say "Dazed and Confused." I mean, he always tells that story. that I think he was picked it out is. of a bar, right? Like in "Dazed and Confused," so
1: yeah, because he's from Texas, and they were. Like, and this was
0: filmed in Texas. I looked oh, it this up. Was filmed in Texas. Yeah, so I guess it makes sense. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay, that's cool. So yeah, he's only in it for. So I, I had read that this was his debut film, and, uh. What, but when he comes on the screen, I'm like, okay, Matthew McConaughey. And then that's his line. Like as, soon, <laughs> as soon as I had that thought, his role is over. He's just sitting with, I'm assuming it was his girlfriend and his friend, and they see Johnny and uh, Missy at the movie theaters. But, I mean, I do love, I mean, that was just another great moment of showing how kids get news of, you know, like high school gossip and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, it's just crazy. I mean, I love when we're seeing like the background characters are like amazing in some of these films, and it's I guess like you got to give credit to casting directors—they see something in these
1: people. And I was really hoping this film was gonna have—it has a dance in it. I was hoping it was gonna be one of those great, like how the, like a lot of '80s movies had great high school dance moments. Even from, I mean, Back to the Future—it's a '50s dance, but it's an '80s movie. And then Better Off Dead and just I Easy mean, Daily. So- what's that yeah EG oh EG Deli. I love EG Deli.
0: In that scene or even like 90s movies I think like oh what's that movie with um the girl with the glasses takes him. off oh she's all that yeah has like Usher as like the DJ there awesome this not really good prom scene but I think we're getting ahead of ourselves here <laughs> oh by the way before I forget that friend what, do you remember his name the the friend who he goes with like he says his, his, he's his best name is
1: the character's name is Eddie
0: Eddie okay yeah he's a best friend but he's like a dick I feel like I'm like that to a lot of people in their lives.
1: I will 100 <laughs> percent agree with that. <laughs> I, d- I
0: definitely connected most with Eddie in this film.:
1: Yeah, I, I think I think a lot of I, I, I would too in a way, like I, I didn't really f- like feel like because Johnny Johnny's I mean he's not uncool, but he's, he's just like an average average Joe. Yeah, that's fair: Is Eddie the one who looks like Jonah Hill who tries to bite his arm?
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's okay. Eddie.
1: <laughs> he kind of also reminded me of he falls into that uh like similar character feel and even look to like Doogie Hauser's friend <laughs> and like just those, like you know the ancillary best friend.
0: Yeah, he's he's just the classic best friend except that he's like a little bit more quiet and kind of a dick.
2: Let's see here. I don't think that the I mean I love the movie but I don't think that his plan like I don't know I guess he just wanted sort of to accept that it's going to work but it's weird how it works because he's a guy that she knows it's not like she's a, he's a complete stranger but she's dating matthew fox even if she even if he hadn't asked her to prom i don't know that she would have said yes to johnny and then i mean he dies for her which is romantic question mark but then when he comes back she's put off until he re, like he really puts out what does he say to her like you know I died for you, and the, the girls at the salon are like, my boyfriend won't even... What's what's that line?
0: Oh, oh uh, I wrote it down.
2: That's... I wrote it down, too. It is... Oh, God.
1: am looking right now.
0: <laughs> God, my boyfriend won't even pump gas for me. Yes. They wouldn't have that
2: problem if romantic. they lived in New Jersey. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, my boy. Yeah, and then you ate someone just to go to prom with me. Like that's it's it's such a weird twisted <laughs> love story, but I just I just loved it.
1: There, there definitely are some moments that I'm like, and this is this could like you could definitely say it's getting sexual even in its language through the you know screenplay and everything.
2: Did you guys know that this was the did you read that this was that Missy's house was the same house used in Nightmare on Elm Street? Yes, I did read that. Oh, I didn't see that. That's awesome. That's a really... Yeah, that's a, that's a fun... The, boy, that's a... Lots of undead things happen in that house.
0: <laughs> um, another fact that I read interesting was that uh, Renee Zellweger was originally in the first cut of this film. and, and, and yeah. in, in the salon, but they cut her.
2: <laughs> was this going to be... I, I saw that, but I didn't do any research. Was this going to be her first movie?
1: This would have been her first movie as well, and it would have been no, not the first time because we've done films that Philip Seymour Hoffman will be in another film with, but they reteam for Cold Mountain.
0: Yeah, they do. I mean, and there's another person that Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, teams later teams up with in this film. Oh really? Who? Did you not catch this?
1: No, I'm kind of upset, but please school me.
0: So, remember there's that weird gravedigger character? Or I don't know if he's a gravedigger, or, like, just as the undertaker at the cemetery?
1: Sure. He's in the beginning, and he's, like, in the and end. He, and he
0: gives, like, a little bit of a speech to the town folks in the end. He's actually the dad in Along Came Polly, who kind of, like, reams Philip Seymour Hoffman out at the end. Uh, you know, he doesn't talk the whole movie, and then, like, he... Oh,
1: that's, I never would have, I, like, I can't even, having just seen this film, I can't picture his face.
0: Yeah, I recognize his face. However, I don't think they share any screen time in this film, so it probably doesn't count, so, huh. but I guess they shared a set with no, the director. No, but it's,
1: it's a similar, like, telling of what's what to <laughs> No, it is which is, which is,
0: which is kind of funny. So, um... Basically, I, I guess we should set the premise for those of you who haven't seen this, really. like,
1: Yes, a little bit more in depth than my summary said. Um, I mean, so, let's see. We've said that he goes, he's has, has the hots for this girl, he goes to the convenience store, has a plan to look like uh, his buddy, Eddie, is robbing it. He's going to save the day. But just, unfortunately, at the same time, another guy tries to rob this convenience store?
0: Yeah, it's some rando criminal
1: yeah and he ends up getting shot and dying and like embalmed and everything and buried and people are crying and then he just wakes up as a zombie and comes out of the dirt and he's told by that guy not to not to leave the grounds. So was that now what, what did you guys think of that? Did that mean because he left the graveyard area he started decomposing? Do you think that's how it worked? Like, I thought there was going to be a little bit more rules and, like... Yeah, yeah, like I said, way. there's no real universe
0: in this, and that's okay. There's no real, like, rules like that. I- I- I'm not sure, because he... So, yeah, are we led to believe that if he stayed on the grounds of the cemetery, he just wouldn't decay? But then what's the point? Like, why come back from the dead? Yeah. What do you think, Joey?
2: I don't know. I mean, there's the there's the other woman that he goes to see, right? That yeah, Cloris Leachman. Yeah, that came back to life 15 years ago on Thanksgiving, mm. and... I guess but like what kind of life I mean so what's weird about him coming back in terms of I guess his motivation is that he's almost like a ghost more than a zombie he kind of like has unfinished business right yeah that like we find out at the very end that he wasn't supposed to die that the robber at the convenience store was supposed to like slip on coffee or something and (laughs) he wasn't actually supposed to get shot there so after he dies the second time he's sent up to what looks like heaven, but is—I guess—it's just like the pearly gates of heaven. Yeah, to be judged. And he's like, "Well, you have to go back down and, like, you know, yeah, it was that mistake. was sort of, you know, yeah, whether you were whether you're like a good person or a bad person." And so it gets—we get put back down to where he at the convenience store again. And once again, he takes the bullet for her, but he doesn't actually get—or he gets shot, but it hits him in the locket that he was going to give her. So it's—it's yeah. it's strange, in Wh- that sense, right? But yeah. Like,
1: why was he wearing the gift that he was going to give her? <laughs>
2: I don't know, but also what makes me... So, going back to what we were talking about before, like, you know, he leaves the graveyard, even though the gravekeeper tells him not to, mm-hmm. and he starts to decompose, and he goes to Chloris sleeping. and she's like, you need to eat. Like, it's not an exact science, which I love. She's just like, you know, sometimes you have to eat an arm. Sometimes you have to eat a <laughs> whole person. Like, who knows? Like, you'll figure it out. But, like, yeah. if he had done that, right, and, like, continued, and say he, like, lived that way for 10 years or 20 years, would he have then gone to
1: heaven? Interesting. I I, I, also... I understand that,
2: like... You know, picking apart the logic of a horror comedy like is not necessarily, you know, See, the best way to go. But I'm just curious, like, what would have happened?
1: No, it, that is that is definitely interesting, and I totally agree with you. But I think they put all their eggs in the basket again with like the metaphors and obviously her little speech to him and saying like everyone's different. I don't know, you know, like when when's what? It's a very like it's a kind of like a I've, I never got a traditional sex talk from my parents or any uh, adult figure. but maybe, maybe after
0: they hear this, they'll give you one.
1: <laughs> I think they just looked at me and when he's a lost cause, he's a walking Bible. <laughs> 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 but, um, I, yeah, so I think that's what they ended up doing. Instead of creating these rules and following, like, the horror tropes that we've come to know that obviously, like, a film like scream literally teaches us through jamie uh kennedy's character they decide to go just with like the straight up like high school like metaphors but can we address probably the biggest problem with this film the elephant in the room right now why is the film called my boyfriend's
0: oh yeah yeah i I wrote this down too It like um he was never a boyfriend no it's just to tie it to the song really what was the original title
1: it's co- yeah we, we discussed um, it
0: for uh Johnny Zombie.
1: Johnny Zombie. Which which title do you like more, Joey? Well, Johnny Zombie sounds like a punk band. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does or a, or a show now on the CW.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I I thought I thought the same thing you guys thought that it doesn't make cuz she's he's never her boyfriend. It would be like if Matthew Fox came back. Yeah. that he like you know he died, she starts to date Johnny and then Matthew Fox comes back and it's like Fend off, sort of like Scott Pilgrim, kind of like he has to fend off Ooh, this like evil ex cool zombie. Movie. Yeah,
0: I actually like, thought that's a, that'd that's, be
1: cool. That's a
2: cool movie too. Do they play um, the
1: song in the movie at all? Like the I don't, you know, it's that sixties female Think group. so. It's definitely it's in. I I remember so I had not seen, again, I had not seen this film before, but I remember seeing a version of this trailer and thinking, I was actually was creeped out as a little kid seeing, she's like, did your ear just fall off? <laughs> and I just remember being weirded out by that. But I know there's a trailer out there where they use that song. And, uh, but I was expecting when it like wasn't playing or like during the credits or something like that, you know, like when they take a song and they do like a, you know, that decade's version of it. I thought there was gonna be like a new band of the time that covered that song, but no. Nope. Like a grunge
2: version. <laughs> yeah, like
1: a a grunge, or even like, uh, is that too early for ska's kind of around then, or like, or even like some kind of punk version.
0: Well, I, I don't. I feel like this film definitely didn't have like the budget for that, or you know, I mean, like if you even look at his makeup, it's not that great.
1: No. Well, they even they they do the whole gag when his nose falls off. He's facing away, and you never see that really. That's like <laughs> oh, a that's little true. off. That's <laughs> So, yeah, definitely minimal budget on this.
0: I actually think the title Johnny Zombie would have been better for the film. I mean, at least at the time for the way it was received, because Johnny Zombie to me actually seems like you know, those like beach comedy films of the 60s? It feels like yeah. that. And it kind of has the tone of like a beach comedy film. Where well, like-
1: yeah, definitely. Again, what those beach comedies did, this would be like a. Again, like just feeling like a satire on it, so I'd be for that, and definitely, in the early nineties, I mean now we're in a zombie phenomenon with like one of the you know highest rated t v shows of all time and just so many movies out there, But at the time, I think Johnny Zombie would have really grabbed people's attentions and brought him into the theaters, but I mean, hey, we got my boyfriend's back. <laughs> <laughs> are there
0: any uh, when I was like watching this, there was only two other like comedy zombie films that I thought of, and that's obviously Shaun of the Dead. Okay. And there was that one, uh, Warm Bodies.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, sure. you, want, you so guys to... want
2: to hear a story? So, okay. Yes, so, please. in college, uh, when I was in Tobin Addington's class, Tobin, who's been on many episodes of Caves Club and Keanu Club. Yeah, definitely. Yes, he's doing a new project with us. You know, I, based, I, was, I took a screenwriting class just so I could have another class with him because he's such a good guy. Oh, he's awesome. I love hearing him talk him and just talking about movies. And... I was like, I don't have any interest in writing screenplays, but I want to be in this class with him. I also took visual storytelling for the same reason, and then he got swapped out last minute. And I was like, uh. But anyway, at the beginning of the semester for writing the screenplay, you had to come up with three ideas for a script. And so I came in with three. And one was something, I don't even remember, it was stupid. I, I honestly can't even remember what it was. The one that I wound up writing was a stand-up comedian is trying to get to his – some some kind of gig in a post-apocalyptic like, – like the apocalypse happens, and he was supposed to go on like a road trip. He's supposed to – he's trying to get to his gig or whatever. I, I like that idea, but I don't really want to write – the one that I wanted to write that no one in the class, including Tobin – he doesn't remember this, but including Tobin <laughs> didn't think this was a good idea – was it was Romeo and Juliet, okay. but Romeo's a zombie, and it's also it's a musical. And people were like, that's Ooh. stupid. Like, that's never going to happen. <laughs> and then literally two years later, Warm Bodies comes out. I'm like, mother like, come on. It's always how it happens, and it sucks. Like, not that I would have done anything, because I really like Warm Bodies. Yeah. But, like, I never would have done something like that, and also it wasn't a musical, but, like, that's sort of, you know... There's, there's lots of. I mean, Swiss Army Man is sort of like a, a a zombie sort of love story. Like, there's all these like dead people love stories kind of since then. I mean, Twilight has all sort of happened since then. That's like a weird, yeah, that is true. That yeah. and Vampire nobody zombie. thought it was a good idea. And I'm like, I'm
1: still, I'm still mad about it. <laughs> Honestly, Joey, I have a very similar. I'll keep it brief because it's getting it would get off topic. But I have a very similar story to you, and that's that I made a film called Hot Wired. And long story short, it's about a guy that. Orders a robot girlfriend and programs her to his liking, and then cut to more more years, like five five years later or something like that, and then her came out. I'm like, what a <laughs> what a simpler like it's a software, and I went and I built this robot that looked like Rosie from the Jetsons. <laughs> like that was part of the humor that it was that I wanted people to think that it was gonna be like a weird science hot robot computer thing, and then. She comes out, but yeah, I could, so point being, I, I feel for you, Joe.
0: The, the the lines of these podcasts could be paved with the dead skeletons of should have, could have, would have screenplays, that's for sure.
1: That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, so another question I have for both of you, Missy, does she kind of just fall for Johnny pretty easily once he comes back?
2: Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, it, it, it happens too quickly, but I think it's once she realizes how, well, I guess it's sort of the ultimate sort of, you know, it's a hashtag problematic term, but like the friend zone, which is, there's there's lots of reasons why that's a terrible term to use, but, you know, it's this guy who, like, he's this really great guy who's always loved her and she's never given him the time of day, and then I think it's sort of like she spends time with him, she's like, oh, he's actually like a good guy, and then, you know, Matthew Fox is ostensibly a jerk. Like they had been broken up, right? Yeah. And so they get back together at the beginning of the movie when he asked her to prom. But it happens a little quickly. I think it really sinks in when she realizes that he died for her, that he ate a person for her, that he like he will do anything to like prove his love. Like he's doing these grand romantic gestures mm-hmm. in death or at death that he never did in life, like it, maybe if he had done something to that extent earlier in life, they would have been together. Which all they of us well together.
1: Which all of us should if you want to find your true love. Yeah, so. take a bullet for a girl. <laughs>
0: exactly, so. lose
1: an ear for a girl. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I I agree with you that that's what makes her ultimately like like fall in love with him versus being interested. But she does just get too interested in, into him w- like way too fast. But I think it falls more into the forbidden fruit kind of then he comes back and not that he's a bad boy it's not like it's teen wolf where he comes back and he's like hot man on campus but still it's that like ooh miss like it's the it's the cliche of the girl like wanting the forbidden fruit and the mysterious guy i think that kind of you know pushes the earlier her talking to him and going out with him yeah
0: him. i mean this this is an era where like especially like these kind of films the female characters aren't very like fleshed out like, yeah. we, we know this, it's not... Uh...
1: Incino, in man, they're just like, <laughs> you know, quiet, you know, guy that just goes Gonzangas. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, so this is actually something, um, so when we did Cage Club, we counted the number of times Nicolas Cage died. So I think what you guys need to do, I don't know, I'm trying to think of other Philip Seymour Hoffman movies, and obviously I don't want to do spoilers for movies that haven't come yet, but I can't think of too many times he's died, but here's a big one where he dies, you know, yeah. early yeah. on.
0: And it's and it's super important, death.
1: Yeah, so again... It's I mean, the we... death
0: that gives life to their our, our main
1: character. Very true. Is he... Who who else does he munch on? In the well, world? he
0: tries to munch on his buddy, right? Yeah. He tries to... He thinks about eating a fat girl, but she's like... Yeah, get away from me, zombie boy. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's this... Uh, cl- Kind of, I guess Philip Seymour Hoffman's uh climax scene. Um we should play it actually.
1: Okay, here we go. No, i have never kissed the dead guy with me,
2: Johnny. Get gotcha! you, jeez! Damn it, holy! Come here, you sticky daddy out of the catcher! Buck, stop him! Come here! Come on! And just hatch this thing out. I'm gonna kill you, dead boy. Come here. Come here, you sticky dead Yahoo Toucher. Chuck, what? Chuck. Chuck. Chuck, what's up? Chuck. Chuck,
0: let's discuss this. Okay. About that, do you think he? Do you think Johnny should have killed him, or do you like how it was like an accidental? Because it still would have been self-defense.
1: No,
2: because I think if he killed, because I mean that's it's it's a because he's already an outcast. Yeah. Yeah. And if he kills him, he's even more of an outcast. But the fact that she's like, no, it wasn't his fault, you know? Because there's no way that like it was clearly not his fault. I mean, she 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 takes offense to the fact that he. (laughs) (laughs) Eats, <laughs> <laughs> but then when she finds out that it was for her, she's okay with it, but I do think that, like, because he has to be a good guy, like, he's only doing it to, because everything he does in this movie, after he comes back to life, he has to get closer to getting her to prom, right? And so yeah. the only reason he eats her, eats Philip Seymour Hoffman is so that he can survive long enough to take her to prom. I thought so, something
1: like, was going to happen, again, like, there was going to become... Obviously, there's this mysticism to it already, because there's zombies involved in coming back from the dead. But I thought something was going to happen. Like, the clock you know, s- s- strikes midnight kind of thing. Like, he has to get to prom. Like, I thought he was going to get warned again by, like, a Chloris leechman or the, uh, you know, Gravedigger or whatever we want to call his character.
0: Yeah, he's kind of... When he falls apart at prom, right? He gets to prom, and it's just that's a weird element too like the the body parts falling off at one point he dreams that his his uh, member falls off right like it's
1: yeah I mean how many films are you know the only other film I can think of like a penis falling off is uh uh, what grindhouse is the Planet Terror? Right, Quentin Tarantino's just oozes oozes oh, off. Oh yeah,
2: <laughs> there's also a there's also a movie called Bad Johnson where the guy's oh uh, falls yeah off and becomes a full person. I, yeah, I he, saw that trailer. Hustle. I never got to see it's, that. Movie. It's terrible. I figured.
1: <laughs> you, oh, you saw you saw the film? Yeah.
2: Okay. I think I think the the thing with like body parts falling off is because this movie doesn't have a huge budget for special effects. Because even when he's a zombie, he looks like himself just like with a little bit of like you know, white makeup, kind of, like, barely. You know what I mean? Like, he just looks like himself. Uh, So I think it's easier to, like, have a fake arm just fall off or an ear fall off than to actually show, like, degrading...
0: Yeah, you know, that's a really good point.
2: A body falling apart.
0: I didn't think about that. I think you're right on the money with that one. It's kind of like just a budget thing. Like, if you see an arm coming off, it's not as, like, you know... Like, if to have him actually decaying, considering the makeup we saw would be completely different
1: yeah he's just kind of pretty much gray (laughs) and then between his ear his nose his arm his well that that's a couple of that's those are dream sequences where worse things happen but can we also get to another weird character which is the doctor oh yeah of course i don't know how he skipped this guy what was his what was his deal so he's trying to create a a serum. He says he could cure him, but what's that? Yeah, at
0: first I think he's sincerely going to cure him, but then there's like this weird sexual dynamic with his assistant, and she kind of um, gives him the idea that they could make a lot of money off Johnny's flesh. So he creates that serum, and then he's hunting him down. And uh...
1: so the two biggest conflicts is pretty much it ends up being the doctor, and then Joey. You said it, you said it before. What is uh? What's his? What's the father's name? It's uh... Big Chuck. Big Chuck. Big Chuck, yeah. I wanted to say Chuck Sr., but I knew that wasn't right. <laughs> big no, Chuck. Big Chuck, Chuck, and Little Chuck.
0: Little Chuck, I love that.
1: Little Chuck, t- the mom, okay, so that's, okay, we'll have, we're going back to the parents right now. The parents have so many weird moments in this film. Number one, obviously, they're just, their big general acceptance, which again, is a comment on just like, it's supposed to be your parents are always there for you, and then she just says things like, okay, I made you a bologna sandwich, like... Uh, well, she just she a bunch asked of weird him things. at one
2: point, she's like, honey, did you by chance eat a boy at school tonight? See, like... <laughs> <laughs> so see, and the lines are
0: like, I think, really underappreciated here. Because even back to when he's eating Philip Seymour Hoffman, um, and Missy says, oh, you just ate Chuck. And then I love his line, he just goes, well, not all of him.
1: There, there's some moments where I think they just had a very generic screenplay, and they were like, well, this isn't, you know, this is very boring, this is you know the usual what happens if we just replace some words with eat and zombie and (laughs) it just it kind of falls into that but but i do honestly the more and more we're talking about it i i like this movie more and more and that's that's how it was while i was watching again i wasn't on board and then i slowly got into it and it i'm not trying to sell it as a masterpiece but definitely i was in the middle as far as you know you don't like it you've you really like it and i'm just i keep getting sold more and more.
0: Yeah, it's all it's all about buying in. <laughs> Another thing i wanted to discuss is the whole like zombie slut shaming. Everyone gives Missy like when everyone sees her with uh oh, yeah. Johnny, <laughs> they're like they basically like I, look, i get it. She's dating a zombie. But in this world where like they're accepting a zombie uh, walking amongst them,
1: yeah, zombies in their vernacular, they accept it, it's not like, they don't question, wait, people can come back from the dead, you know? <laughs> it's almost
0: like that if she dated Johnny and he wasn't a zombie, that, like, they still would have given her a hard time because she was this item with a Matthew Fox.
1: This film was missing, like, a female character, like, again, I've, like, they they were going for the tropes. I get well I guess now I'm going more into spoof category, but I'm expecting like the girl character that liked Johnny all along and it took him becoming a zombie to like realize. <laughs> it just I I don't know. Sometimes I thought that like I was going to predict it all the way, but it, it had some surprises to it. Definitely.
2: Did you see that Peter Jackson was supposed to direct this?
0: No, I did not see no. that. What? I
1: know he has a early I know he has a early career, it's like some of his first films were like horror films, correct?
2: Yeah, there's one that's really good haul, let me find out what it was. Dead yeah. Alive.
1: Oh, yeah, he that's the 19- one. Yeah.
2: Which is, that's really kind of gross and weird, but yeah, he was supposed to do this, this would have been right between Dead Alive and Heavenly Creatures if he did everything. He was supposed to do it, I think he he turned it down is he dead was alive of He turned it down
1: is dead alive the movie that the like i'm thinking of like you know of that time obviously the vhs cover is like a woman and there's like a little skeleton in her mouth like yep. peeking out a mm-hmm. yep. young
2: man's mother is bitten by a, a sumatran rat monkey she gets sick and dies at which time she comes back to life killing and eating dogs nurses friends and neighbors so it's a horror, it's a horror comedy it's, so, it's sort of like this you know like somebody yeah. comes back to life a, a family member you know whatever it's
1: and that was nineteen ninety 1990... two Rip okay, voice. I think he would have you know what i'm I'm sad he didn't, I think he would have spiced it up a little bit more
0: I think I think it pro- yeah it probably would have had a different feel to it, but there are reasons that directors deny things, and maybe he said i couldn't I can't do anything with this,
1: yeah, maybe well just, maybe just was like he was like,, nah, I don't want to do something so similar again,
0: true, true i mean that that that's pretty funny
1: <laughs> and now he's an academy award winning director, is he Oh duh. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was literally like, for what? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. The highest uh tied with Ben Hur and Titanic, right? Eleven wins. Um yeah, no that that so Dead Alive, that's one of those covers again, so this was a movie I don't remember like, you know, it was the trailer that I I can think of, but the VHS cover of Dead Alive and then the other one was always Tremors. That's kind of like a horror comedy, right? Tremors? sci-fi comedy. Well, I never oh, saw yeah. Tremors. Never, no, never that's one. That's Tremors? one I haven't seen.
0: That's on my list.
1: <laughs> wow, Kevin Bacon. No, I know. Trust me, you don't have to guilt
0: me into a Kevin Bacon film. Well, that's not entirely true, but.
1: So I mean, in the end, well, we said we said how it ends. He get he goes to the convenience store and he gets. Well, he goes up to heaven. They said we made a mistake. The they have him room. back down.
2: By, yeah, by the way, I don't, that guy's
0: not. I don't think that guy's God, right? Like. No, he's like
2: no, he's like Saint Peter or Yeah, exactly. I was just like gonna eights. say, yeah. yeah.
0: And, well, he's kind of a dick because it's it, he admits that it's really Heaven's fault, but he still gives Johnny a hard time.
1: It it, it kind of reminded me of you know like I I think most high schoolers have to I know we went to the same high school, but did you have to go to traffic court be, like as in uh, in high school, Joey? Like to, I don't even
2: know what that is, so I'm gonna say no.
1: Okay, like when we were getting our permits, we had to go to, you know, we took driver's ed in school, and you had to go to, like, the local municipal and go to traffic court. So just from, like, that realm, and you would see so many like kids that got... Yeah,
0: I mean, like, like, I've been to traffic court to fight tickets, and they just... Sure. The way the judge treats you, I guess it's pretty accurate when you look at that, like, the way the judge treats a kid.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you saw, like, most of the time it was... You know, you saw you saw people you were like going to high school with, or that like graduated the year before, and they're driving around and went too fast and got a ticket, and then they're, they're there. So, point being, that just reminded me of it. Just clicked right now. It wasn't a thought I had before, but just the way that the you know, you know, guy at the Gates is judging him like that. It reminded me of just another thing I could think of from high school. It it's interesting because normally when you see in films when they get
0: this second chance moment that. They, they go back down and do something and really all he did was what he did before take the bullet it's just that the guy I think slept on the coffee this time right like so
1: yeah Eddie will Eddie kind of saves the day right he hits him over the head
0: yeah well yeah eventually there's like an like ensuing an fight and then Eddie hits him over the head and there's this whole
1: you know so I think that would have been gr- alright better ending Missy ends up with Eddie
0: <laughs> well considering that I feel like I'm the Eddie character yes then for me
1: that would be a better ending
0: but I'm not sure if, so, uh,
1: Joey, you love the film. Are, what are some things you would change about it? Or if you would?
2: I don't know if I would. I think because it's, it's such a weird little movie that I'm okay with it as it is. Because I think with comedies you always have to – you can't pick things apart. Like You kind of have to not turn your brain off but just accept the world that you're in. Mm-hmm the same thing with horror movies too and especially when you have them together like you just sort of like these are the rules they're going to play by and as long as they're consistent like the fact that everybody is on board like if there was a whole other sect of people that were just like this is impossible like there can't be a zombie that like, that wouldn't fit in here no. but the fact that everybody is on board with the fact that this guy is back from the dead you know they all know what a zombie is it's not like the walking dead where just like oh we don't know what a zombie is we're going to call them walkers or whatever like that's you know whatever yeah. everybody knows what a zombie is everybody knows how a zombie you know, sustains life, mm-hmm. It's it's it clearly establishes the rules that it's going to play by, and it follows those. I, and I, I like it.
1: Yeah, so I, I agree with everything you say, but then I'll say the one thing I would change then is just have these little moments of then in class, like, almost like, you know, again, t- to go to like a school reference, like the new kid in class, and maybe like, you know, if you have a... Like, I remember one kid moving from, I forget what foreign country, but then the teacher took it as a moment to be like, so does everyone know where that, and it became like a quick little lesson, like a geography lesson, and we talked about, like, asked him a couple things about the culture, It's probably like something simple like Armenia, (laughs) but, um, it would have been great if there was just little injections, since they are comfortable and know and have the zombie vernacular and everything like that. Just so, because we get we get a little bit. I thought that's again. I thought that's where it was gonna go because he says about the woman and it's Cloris Leachman. Then she has his things. Then it should be like the parents are cool with it because they had a zombie in their family before. I thought there was just gonna be those are not big things, but just little injections would have.
0: I don't know. I wouldn't. I- I wouldn't want to just confuse, like I said, I don't want a deeper world here, like like a, okay. a, ma- a Matrix-like thing where there's just like no, so mat- many levels not, of stuff. Not, yeah,
2: and that's why I'm not, you don't want the My Boyfriend's Back expanded universe?
0: <laughs> the Anna Boyfriend's Back? Well, I guess it kind of makes sense. Uh, there was an animated beginning. Um, I gotta ask you guys this question. Why do you think at the time it got only 14%, per- like, obviously there was no Rotten Tomatoes at the time, but why do you think at the time the critics bashed this film?
1: So it's nineteen ninety three at this point. I'm just trying to think of like films that were coming out then. I guess I guess it was the time of y- you had your comedies then were more in the what like Waynes World was probably like one of the biggest comedies at that point. And then you had your action films to go to like a keon I don't know exactly what what years Joey, off the top of your head, speed. What year is that? Ninety four. Okay. So you know, year later. So you've got you know, you know what I'm saying like that those are the those are your films that you got going on at that point so I think maybe it was just like uh, there's not a time and a place for this right now. That's my guess.
0: I mean that's fair. Uh I, I it's just do you think that if this came out today it it would uh be better received or I mean I I guess the second question I'd ask is is like does this have cult classic potential? I mean I think to some it's a cult classic but it's not like widely known.
1: So, Cold Classic. I think,
2: people, I think people should love it.
1: Yeah, and well, Cold Classic is definitely one of those films. It's like not even like everything that people say are indie films these days. Like indie films these days are recognized to have like millions upon millions like budget versus like those you know like Pulp Fiction or even like a you know Spike Lee film or something. Uh, was an indie film. So, cult film, again, like, I, I mean, we've been discussing in recent days a, a future Philip Singer Hoffman film, Big Lebowski, like, cult film. But it's also kind of mainstream. So, it's, I don't know, there's just, I guess, the, I'm, all I'm no, saying No, but is the, there
0: are these little films that people, that were underappreciated in their time, and then they, for some reason, gain uh, more of a mainstream audience, a, a second life, if you will, kind of like Johnny. And,. <laughs> they sort <Dude>. of <laughs> wah, wah, and they sort of you know they they this like almost hipster followings, and I I think this movie kind of actually has that potential, and maybe I don't know maybe people will listen to our podcast and check it out. Where did you see the movie, Kyle?
1: Where did I see the movie? Where did I see the movie? Did you? I see watched the movie? it online. yes, I did see the movie. <laughs> I uh, I I found it online. I think I think YouTube. Oh, it was on YouTube.
0: <laughs> That's great for for you guys at home. Uh, it, I have Amazon, so it was on Amazon for me.
1: Oh no, no. I'm sorry. This was. I just. I've never had Amazon before. I could still. I guess technically give up. It's still under my 30 day trial period. Oh, okay. But no, this. I'm sorry. You're, you're. Yep. It was Amazon.
0: Yeah. So so you can definitely check this film out on Amazon and you know see for yourself.
2: I'm looking on Rotten Tomatoes right now, just the blurbs people write for the reviews. And this one, it was written in 2005. Uh, so it was before Philip Seymour Hoffman died. But this guy gave it a zero out of five. Wow. Dude. And said, the movie they ought to play at all future Philip Seymour Hoffman roasts. What? That's offensive. It, it seems like everybody for here death. is saying that the premise doesn't work. People try to, like, it tries to be Heathers and it can't be Heathers. They say it's gross, Hmm. which I don't think it's gross at all. Um, People are saying it's an awful teen comedy, none of it works, all this different stuff.
0: It's definitely not gross, I mean, especially in this genre. Not even close to, like, gross out. Um,
1: I I totally get what you're saying. Like, I mean, you can't nitpick every film. You just have to, sometimes you just have to sit back and enjoy it. And that's awesome that, you know, hey, films, I'll probably say this multiple times over this podcast, films are art, art is subjective, you know whatever whatever floats your boat. So for me, like I hear what those people are saying, but I'm definitely not on board with everything they're saying, but as far as it 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 could it could have been a lot better in my opinion. I think there's I think there's something there because again, so just zombie comedy, horror comedy in general, not a huge genre. And so and I loved the offbeat comedy in it. So all I'm saying is yeah, I think there could have been I think there could have been more to it. I,
0: I can think of people I know right now who I, I could say, wow, they'll love this film and I can think of people I know who they would hate it. They wouldn't even stand ten minutes in it and they would walk sure. away.
2: I mean there are I, I think it's just ahead I think it's just too early. I think it was just too ahead of its time. Yeah, and like, that's that's kinda Googled what I was trying to get at, right? Zombie like, comedy, there's Zombieland, there's Fido, there's oh, Life line. After oh, Beth. Yeah. There's Dead and Breakfast, which is not great. There's Dance of the Dead. There's Zombie Strippers. Uh, there are a couple that were recent. Um,
1: Planet, Planet Terror, even. Planet right. Terror.
2: There was uh, Burying the X* with, rest in peace, Anton Yelchin and Alexander Daddario. Uh, that, oh, was, yeah. that was um, not great. There was another movie, though, that came out the same year. Let me look it up really quickly. That was basically that premise. Like, my boy, my, like, so, and that's basically, that's essentially um, this movie in reverse that Anthony Elchin is dating a girl, she dies, and she comes back, and she's like super clingy. And <laughs> it's like gross. Like, it's very bloody, and it's very, like, it's a comedy, but like, the, the effects are like way over the top. Um, so, if people had a problem with, this movie, back in nineteen ninety-three, I can't imagine what they would have said about like burying the X.
1: No. Can, can I can I tell you a film that I am excited for? What's that? Bob Balaban's film before this. It's called Parents. Let me just read you a little something. It's rated R. It's 120 minutes, so around the same length as this film. That was the, that was a nice thing. It was a nice. I'm, I'm a fan of short films. There's too many long films these days, but I love the description of this film. A young boy living in the 1950s suburbia suspects his parents are cannibalistic murderers, and ran, and it stars Randy Quaid. What I thought you to say, Randy Savage. <laughs> That'd be cool. That'd be fun.
0: really cool. <laughs>
1: so oh, all I can tell you is that this film. I'm going to check out, and I just really like that. Right away, I see Suburbia, and I see Cannibalistic, and this sounds like the almost our version of the film we were just discussing. Oh, that's
0: this. interesting. That that that's I guess that's what he was trying to go for.
1: <laughs> sure, he made like the more thought it was going to be more you know uh, viewed, I guess, just for its PG-13 rating. <laughs> but. So it, yeah. uh, the, the movie,
2: the movie that I was trying to name before, the one that's better than burying the X, is this movie called Nema Forever. So if you want to see this in a modern day with a dead girl instead of a dead guy, check out Nima Forever. It's I really like it a lot.
1: Definitely will. I mean, we're gonna have to make a list. Jo- Joey, I would love uh, for st- talk uh, sidebar after this and make a nice list for uh, the Cage Club Network. Facebook page we can put on our page as well, and just kind of these recommendations of these horror comedies. Well, because
2: also like the thing is like horror is my thing. Like horror is my favorite genre. Like I see, I'm not a big horror guy. Yeah. So like I think this worked really well because I like to see, I like to see when genres sort of cross over in ways that like aren't super common. Okay. Like I like to see see really funny over the top action movies. I like to see funny horror movies. I like Mm -hmm. to see like weird premises, and I think this worked. Like it just it just worked for me.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm super surprised actually that this is not a more known film. In I mean, for just people who enjoy that genre, but again, maybe it will be.
1: I mean, it like, might wh- I might be for people that enjoy that genre, but I guess the ultimate thing is we see that neither of these the two leads of the film really went on, and we're talking about Philip Seymour Hoffman, Matthew McConaughey, Matthew Fox. Well,
0: I hope I hope eventually the audience score goes up on Rotten Tomatoes for this. Maybe like that's what's shying people away. From That'd be awesome. It.
1: And people say, "Oh yeah, PS, I love Hoffman. Yeah, it was all <laughs> Kyle once again. <laughs> no, it was all it was all no, it was all it was all Joey. He's he's selling this film. Very. So true, what's
2: very weird true. is that like my boyfriend's back. So I got really into Letterboxd recently, which is basically social media for film people, mm. and only eight, like fewer than 800 people have seen my boyf- my boyfriend's back. Uh, Bob Balaban's most popular movie is *Parents*, and okay. only sixteen hundred people have seen that. So it's still not a ton of people have seen either of those movies. Wow. Um, it is it is more common, but I mean, just for comparison's sake, the most viewed film on the site is *Mad Max*, which has like one hundred and twenty thousand. So like, there's there's a potential for like a lot of people. So for fewer than eight hundred to see this movie, I think that there is a real potential for this to become a cult classic if, like, if you know people who put on sort of, you know, weirdo after dark film festivals or just are able to, like, rent out a theater or whatever. Like, even, like, if the Draft House, like, the Alamo Draft House put this on. Like, I think people, like, yeah. this is exactly the kind of movie that they would they would love to show because there's an audience that loves this movie or that, like, you know, stuff like Terror Vision from the early 90s or whenever that was from. It's just, it's these weird, like, crazy over-the-top, you know, memorable Horror, comedy, definitely. whatever gems. I just, I love it.
1: Well, we're we're definitely the three of us are frequent Alamo Draft House customers. Maybe we should talk to them. In <laughs> <laughs> so well, it's funny you
0: thing. mentioned Alamo Draft House. Actually, when I was watching this, it kind of reminded me of again, not to get too hipster uh, for you guys, but like being in. There's bars in Brooklyn that just show like movies in the back and projections. I mean, you've seen them. Even uh, we went to brunch
1: yesterday and they were showing Space Jam in Queens.
0: Space Jam, but like, like. These are the kind of films that they show there. I'm just surprised sure. that this this hasn't caught on there. Uh,
1: I just think people don't know
2: about
0: it. Yeah, I guess that's it.
1: Well, let's get the word
0: out. Let's be the lamplighters. Let's well, spread the word. What you
2: guys can do, I mean, aside from having it be on Amazon, you can buy the Blu-ray from BestBuy.com for like seven bucks or eight bucks so you can just buy a copy and just like loan it out or just buy like 10 copies and just give it out to everybody like be Oprah and just share the wealth <laughs> of my boyfriend's back.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's actually cool. We could be, you know. You get a boyfriend. You get a boyfriend. <laughs> you get a boyfriend. <laughs> What's under your seat? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. So uh, anything else you want to say about this film, Kyle or Joey?
1: No, I, I, I'm I'm at peace. I'm, rest, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm in the grave. I'm resting in peace. Unlike Johnny. <laughs> I just—I'm uh, glad that I was here for this. I
2: mean, the, the other movie that I'm gonna do is so far basically almost the other end of the spectrum from this in so many ways.
0: Yeah, not to spoil it, that's one of my favorite films, so I'm super excited to have you back for that. Yeah. Um. So, so Joey, I guess, but before we let you go, what um what should people look forward to on Cage Club Network? I guess this month or going forward. Yeah. What's what's Plug new? It. Plug so it. So this man. comes
2: out, I guess, early April. Um. So we. In theory, might have a, a new Cage movie this month. Okay. Uh, Vengeance: A Love Story is close to happening. Cage is in like six movies this year. We already had one. Wow. So awesome. We have five that we might do this year. Gotta so pay for all good. those houses.
1: <laughs> Beat me to it.
2: <laughs> we are closing down on Keanu and Zac Efron. We they're both going to end roughly September first. Okay. So, okay. Wait. Wait.
1: Wait. Wait. What? What? What spurred Zac Efron?
2: Oh, because my friend who I do it with uh, love love loves the movie We Are Your Friends and he made me watch it and I was like, Oh, this is amazing. It's so good. I have not seen it. Uh Zach so is a DJ, and that's pretty okay. much all you need to know. Okay. Uh, he's like a he's like a struggling DJ. It's just uh, <laughs> so Oh uh, I have seen the leading actress that movie, Radikowski, known for her acting ability. I've seen um, Charlie
1: St. Cloud. <laughs> Charlie St. Cloud's amazing. It's good. It's good. I just saw. I just saw Mike and Dave need wedding dates. It. I. I it's laughed. Funny. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. And I'll definitely go see uh, Baywatch. Yeah. You know he's he's definitely. I remember. So I guess, you know, he, oh. his big thing was, neighbor. I mean, obviously, he had like High School Musical. Well, yeah, that's, so that's what I was just
2: going to say, that Like April is High School Musical month, that we just did all three High School Musicals, and we're putting them all out this month. Ooh. So High School Musical 1, 2, and 3. We're going backwards, going from new to old. Oh, that's but cool. Because neither of us had ever seen any of those. We did the first one, then the second one, then the third one. So April okay. 1st, 11th, and 21st are going to be the three High School Musical movies. So the first one's already out by the time this one comes out, but go listen to that. Uh, the first one's okay. The second High School Musical movie is amazing. <laughs> it's so good. The third one's a disappointment. The first one is better than you think it's going to be. The second one is incredible, and then the third one is just like huh, wow. that's a bummer.
0: Well, that's the only one I've actually seen. The second one that's the one so good. They play actually? baseball in
2: on that one. The second one, yeah. Okay, okay, that, that. That, that a gay baseball song. Yeah, I, I, I really, don't dance.
1: I really like Zac Efron uh, in Hairspray. We haven't gotten that yet. That is going to be June. That's a guilty pleasure of mine. Like, honestly, the one of the things I liked about it the least was uh, John Travolta. I think they could have picked some, but whatever.
0: Don't spoil. Don't spoil for them.
2: <laughs> okay. And we also got a real quick we also have a few other shows coming out later this year, a couple secret projects we have not announced yet. So just Ooh. stay tuned to cageclub.me and facebook.com slash cageclub in addition to all your favorite PSL of Hoffman spots. Oh, and also Cage Club pod on Twitter. So we'll announce all the big stuff there. We might even throw announcements on this iTunes feed when new stuff comes out. But lots of movie things and more nostalgia things and lots of fun stuff. I mean, we just put it out and just hope you listen. So just thing here, like, you're basically doing it for yourselves. And just if people want to hear you talk about movies, then
1: that's it. Yeah, I mean, the biggest reason we started this again is because we just always constantly talked about movies, so I figured might as well record it. Yeah,
0: we probably would be doing this anyway. <laughs>
1: Maybe some films that we wouldn't have seen, which is great. Yeah, yeah, it, it's awesome. But, uh, Joey, thank you so much. Yeah, for thanks so much, on. man.
0: Thanks for everything. Thanks for inspiring us, and thanks for... Uh... <laughs> yeah.
1: And we just want to thank all of you out there. Uh, remember, again, to go to Facebook, our Facebook page, where we'll be posting even more material between episodes, you know, some trailers, maybe some interviews, posters, and, again, go to cageclub.me uh, to check out not only P.S. I Love Hoffman, but shows like Cage Club, Keanu Club, Zack Attack, and you can always subscribe on iTunes.
0: Yeah, and more, most importantly, watch My Boyfriend's Back. Let us know what
1: you think. Woo! How do you feel, Joey? I feel great. I feel
2: like Johnny Zombie. Oh, also, real quick, Johnny <laughs> Zombie was the movie that they go to, or the, the marquee on yes! the movie theater is Johnny Zombie. So awesome. I feel like a real Johnny Zombie.
1: we're all we're all Johnny Zombies Uh, no I'm the friend you're the friend (laughs) okay and I'll be I'll be Phillips and Hoffman. I I, I definitely I'd put an axe in my head accidentally you would accidentally (laughs) oh no alright that's can't, can't end stronger than that see you guys later frame